Bobby, lots of talk this week about unwritten rules, but here on Chatter Up, there's only one unwritten rule. Never disappoint the listeners. And to be frank, we never have. Yeah. I love a good Frank. A hundred percent. Okay. Seems like your internet's out one more time. Well, anyway, <laughs> this week's episode, Chatter Up. We will get into the biggest stories of the week, including the NBA playing tournament, the upcoming NBA playoffs, Coach of the Year award, Tony LaRussa, Kevin Pillar, Mike Trout, Dano Chara. We'll debate which is the more difficult championship to win between the Super Bowl and the NBA Finals. And for the main event, we will bring on Zach Fetterbush, the return of the so-called prophet to compete in the trivia challenge. It's not going to be one you're going to want to miss. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or even want to come on the show, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or on Instagram at chatter underscore up. Mad props to Jeff Smolovitz, probably the guy who interacts with us the most on Instagram. We appreciate it. Or send us an email at chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. As I told you, Jared's mom did it. Gideon's done it. Noah Kirshner's done it. We've gotten some emails. I think Noah did it, right? Maybe not. He's come on. But we've got a lot of emails. We'd love to hear from you guys. Please, please, please be in touch. The inbox is flooded. The content keeps on coming. You're not going to want to miss it. It keeps coming. It starts right here, right now on Diners Here we go on Chatter Up right now. Jared, are you ready to do this? I am. Then let's do this and let's Chatter Up. Jared, were you sweating today? It's like 100 degrees. Hell yeah, I was sweating. It was really, really hot today. But like, it was like the first real hot day we've had in a really long time. And the only logical explanation we can give to that is that the NBA playoffs are heating up and we feel it. <laughs> Science might disagree, but I don't. No, no it's, it's alternative facts. Alternative facts. And either way, Jared, there has been a ton we missed in the last week of sports. Again, we're releasing on a weird day. It's not the same. We'll get into the groove of things next week. But while we're here, we missed a lot, man. So let's start it off with a bang. Tell me, what did, what did we miss in the last week? Yeah, we'll get back in the groove next week in terms of days, Bobby. But you're right. We got our first taste last night of the NBA play-in tournament. We had Boston beating your Washington Wizards in large part due to 50 points from Jason Tatum, meaning... The Celtics will play the Nets in round one, and the Wizards will play the Indiana Pacers, who defeated the Charlotte Hornets. Tough night for my brother. Team getting just absolutely waxed, giving up 144 points in regulation somehow. But anyway, so we'll have Wizards, Pacers for the eighth seed in the West tonight. We'll have the game I think everyone's looking forward to, Lakers, Warriors, and the game that no one's really looking forward to, Grizzlies, Spurs. But Bobby, what did you make of the first taste we got of the NBA playing tournament? I just, I just want to get this out of the way really quick. Did your mom acknowledge that I shouted her out last week? She did. She sent me a message saying, love the shout out with three exclamation points. Great. Okay. I just needed to make sure that was clear. Yeah. In terms of the, the play-in tournament. Yeah, sure. The game sucks so far, but like I'm into it, man. And I'm also the same guy who's into the runner on second base in the 10th inning Ew. I, I, I hear you. I get it. Like, and that's a separate conversation, but like, you know what, man, I think it brings excitement to the game and it's not like the NBA needed it. I think the NBA is already probably, I mean, you could make the argument. It's the most exciting of the sports, but like, I think it's awesome. You don't want to be in the playing tournament, play better. Sorry. And like, it gives every team a shot, you know, like the Pelicans were in it till the end. I I'm into it. I love it. I think it should continue. Now it makes the Lakers, like it makes the regular season mean something, at least a little bit more than what it meant before, no? Yeah, to me, it kind of felt like that first night of the NCAA tournament where you're watching the two playing games and it's like everyone's paying attention because it's the NCAA tournament, even though everyone knows that like in all likelihood, none of the teams playing in those games are actually going to make any sort of run. I felt kind of the same way last night where it's like, okay, even though it's technically not the playoffs, it feels like the playoffs because yeah. these games have more meaning than a regular season game. Absolutely. But we we all knew, like, look, the Celtics won. Tatum had 50. They're not doing anything in the playoffs. Like, it doesn't matter who wins these. I mean, I guess the Lakers are the only one, yeah, right? Yeah, I was about to say, that's the difference yeah. here. 
that's that's true but that's kind of like a weird thing and in a normal year that probably wouldn't be the case but anyway you know the bad news for guys like lebron and luca who cried during the season about it is it's not going anywhere i, I really would be surprised because it just was a way for the NBA to get more eyeballs to games that ordinarily like wouldn't really matter just because they feel like playoff games, right? Like that was game 80 of the regular season between Boston and Washington. And they're just playing for like the eighth seed. So the circumstances would basically be the same, but people I don't think would really care about that nope, other than fans of those teams. But it's like me and you last night. Well, you're a Washington fan, so that doesn't count. But someone like me who like, I had no rooting interest really, but it, because it feels more like a playoff game i'm paying more attention to it than i would have been so i I would be surprised if the nba did not move forward with this kind of thing yeah and and you mentioned earlier about how nobody really cares about the memphis san antonio game i disagree i'm super into that game i'd love to see greg popovich win i also like watching john morant that dude is entertaining as hell and like i would love to see john morant go against the lakers that'd be great and also we got lebron and curry in the same game That's a fun one. It shouldn't be a close game. Like the Lakers should dominate this one. But either way, I mean, I'm stoked for that game. That's great. I got work tomorrow and I'm going to stay up and watch this game because it's Steph and LeBron. But either way, Jared, whatever finally happens in the play in tournament, if Washington gets in, which they will, we'll ultimately have 16 teams remaining in the NBA playoffs. Now, it's a very standard question, Jared, that we usually go through at this time of the year. Which series are you most looking forward to? Which might be different than the best series? Bobby, I'm looking at the 4-5 matchup in the Western Conference. The Clippers as the 4 seed against the Dallas Mavericks as the 5 seed. Wow, not even your own Knicks. That's different. I'm saying, like, Yes, from from a biased perspective, the Knicks. But in terms of like, story, I'm I'm fascinated by this series because a it's a rematch of what happened last year, where the Clippers did beat Dallas. But if you remember, it was kind of a shaky series because Porzingis gets hurt early on in the series. At that point, Dallas kind of looked like the better team, even without Porzingis. Dallas gives them a good series. We all remember that iconic Luca buzzer beater last year. Now. Look, with Chris Stapps Porzingis, you never know because he could take a bad step tomorrow and be out for the next month. But as of now, with him healthy and knowing what the stakes are here, like we've talked about it before, Kawhi Leonard can opt out of his contract after this year become a free agent. Do I expect that to happen? Not necessarily, but with a first-round exit, is that more likely? Probably. Yeah, it's it's super weird over there. And like, the, you know, Doc Rivers is gone. And like, they feel I always feel like they have something to prove over there. It's going to be a really fascinating matchup. I'll tell you the one that I'm looking forward to. And it's the one that's not even set yet. It's the Phoenix Suns against whoever they play. The reason I'm honing in on Phoenix is because it feels like out of the top four seeds in the NBA playoffs total. So we're talking Utah and Phoenix in the West and the 76ers and Brooklyn in the East, that the Phoenix Suns are treated as like a distant fourth. Like not even in the conversation of a team that will like could make a run at the playoffs. You know, you and I had spoken about way earlier when Chris Paul signed with Phoenix, we said best case scenario, they like everything goes right there four seed. And they're a two seed. And, and so I would love to see a first round matchup that they wipe the floor with, whether it's the Lakers or Golden State. Like, I'm really interested to see what Chris Paul can do again, except this time with guys like Aiton, guys like Booker. I mean, I'm really excited to watch Phoenix. I'm rooting for them if it ain't Washington. I think no one has them going. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just like a feeling, but I just don't feel like anybody's talking about them. Well, let's talk about them right now a little bit more, Bobby. Monty Williams this week was voted coach of the year by the NBA Coaches Association over notables like Quinn Snyder, Tom Thibodeau. You just talked about how crazy it is that Phoenix is the two seed. I'm biased on this one, Bobby, so I'll turn to you as an unbiased observer. Do you think Monty Williams deserved this award over, let's say, a guy like Tom Thibodeau? I think if I was voting, I would have given it to Thibodeau. I think the floor for the Suns was the nine seed. I I think they were going to make it to the play-in tournament. The Knicks, 
I don't remember exactly what the over-under was before this season. Do you? Do you remember what the over-under was? I saw it somewhere that Vegas had him at 22. I mean, that's crazy. And not only are they in the playoffs, they're not even in the play-in tournament. They're the four seed. That means they're one of the Home four court. best teams in the Eastern Conference. I, I don't know anyone that was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be different for the Knicks this year. Julius Randle is going to be an MVP candidate. No, no one had that happening. And not to take anything away from Monty Williams, taking Phoenix, who I had as like a six seed, all the way to two, the second best team in that conference. I mean, that's amazing. You're better than like the Lakers. Sure, they were hurt, but you're better than the Clippers. You're better than Dallas. You're better than Denver. That's a hell of a run. I, I give it to Thibodeau, man. Yeah, like I said, I'm biased and I can't actually argue against Monty Williams getting it because everything you laid out is true. I mean, to be the number two seed in the Western Conference, to come from obscurity, it's not like this was a gradual climb where it was like they were the 12th seed, then they became the eighth seed, then they were like up to a fifth seed, now they're the two seed. This was like a, a meteoric rise. But at the same time, I just feel like there's a lot of talent there. Like Devin Booker was already regarded as a really, really good player. He's really young. DeAndre Ayton was the number one pick in the draft just a few years ago, and they brought in Chris Paul. Like, granted, he's not the same guy that he was, but he's still very good with the Knicks. It's like, you know, Julius Randle has been incredible, but coming into the year, you'd be hard pressed to find any NBA expert who would have had him in their top 50 players in the league. And so to see what Thibodeau has done with the amount of talent that he has, where the team is basically like Randle and like, Derek Rose is like their second most important player. He's 33, feels like he's been around forever. It's kind of crazy. But again, I can't really argue against Monty Williams. But speaking of team leaders, Bobby, we had another unwritten rules controversy in Major League Baseball this week. Feels like this is like contractually obligated to come up, I would say, two times a year. We talked about it last year with Tatis Jr. This week, it was the Chicago White Sox and Tony La Russa. So your mean Mercedes, a rookie on the White Sox. In a 15-4 to four game. Keep in mind, he's leading the league in hitting. Leading the league in hitting. He's been amazing. They're up, they're up 15-4. to four. It's the ninth inning. There's two outs. They're playing the Twins, who have a position player. Williams Astadio on the mound. It's a 3-0 count. Astadio just locks in a 45-mile-per-hour meatball. Like, literally, me or you would have done that. And Mercedes just lets it rip. Hits a home run. After the game, Tony La Russa, not so happy, saying... You know, his guy broke an unwritten rule by swinging at the 3-0 pitch, even called him clueless, Bobby. What was your take on this entire situation? It's, it's important to get a, just a little bit more context here. Calls him clueless. That should have been it. Next game, Minnesota throws at Mercedes behind him. Pitcher gets ejected. Larusa says, you know what? I didn't have any problem with it. It was, you know, it was, it was low and he missed his sinker. It's like, you know, it was fine. So already you're not backing up your team. Then Lance Lynn, the starting pitcher yeah. for the White Sox on the Roos's team, comes out and says, you know what? Listen, you don't want to have a home run hit by you, you know, by, by the other team 3-0, then maybe you should have a pitcher on the mound. And like Bucks LaRusse's trend. So here's what I'm gonna say. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here, but I'll do my best. What's worse, breaking a quote unwritten rule or forgetting the rules because that's yeah. what Larusa did earlier this year he forgot the rules in extra innings right I'm not surprised that Larusa in his ancient years cannot remember the rules I'm not surprised that you know he's sitting in his rocking chair in the dugout can barely see what's going on and is like very tied to the old roots of baseball this is dumb this is stupid what is an unwritten rule it's not a thing it's unwritten for a reason. This is ridiculous. You have a guy on the mount who throws 47 miles an hour, and these guys are professional. <laughs> if he has an ERA above 100 and ain't going to change anything, maybe Mercedes has something in his contract where he hits 30 home runs, he gets another $900,000. This could be a really big deal. So, like, there's, there's no part of this that I'm on LaRusse's side. Zero. There's zero part. It's the same thing with Tatis Jr. and the 3-0 count, and you're swinging on 3-0 with the lead. Be better. Throw a better pitch. And Trevor Bauer, again, to his credit, he's a psycho, but to his credit, comes out and is like, yeah, if you hit a home run off me 3-0, great job. I hope you keep doing it. 
you know, I just need to be better. Yeah, that's exactly right. Larusa is is so dated. It's just that's not a thing anymore. Respect the game, my tuchus. Yeah, I mean, overall, I do agree with you. I, I'm I'm coming from the same vantage point, which is like, why should hitters have to give away at bats because the pitching team sucks? Is there a but to this statement? No, there's not a but here. But I, the thing that I take the biggest issue with with Larusa is. Okay, I don't, I don't agree with the idea of the unwritten rule anyway. Don't swing at a 3-0 pitch up 15-4. to four. But, I, I, okay, if you're coming from the perspective of, like, you're disrespecting the opponent, disrespecting the game, I disagree with it, but I can understand it. I, I get where that perspective comes from. But it's a position player on the mound, which means that the other team no longer cares about the game. Like, you cannot say that the Twins are actually still trying to win the game once they put a position player on the mound, like we've all seen it. We've all watched those games. You know, when a position player comes in, that's the white flag. If Tony Russo is so concerned about it, then go to Major League Baseball and be like, we have to have a mercy rule so that we don't have this stupidity of, of position players coming in to pitch because the Twins didn't care anymore. Like, they threw a position player out there. That How is that respecting the game? They're literally, they're coming as close to a forfeit as they can, right? Putting a guy was no business being on the mound out there. Why is that respectful to the game? So if you want to tell me if it was a pitcher out there, an actual pitcher, and Tony LaRusso wants to say, look, this game's over. Why are you swinging at a 3-0 count? Again, I would disagree, but I, I could understand it. With the, with the position player out there, it really doesn't make any sense. The, the, the last thing I'll say, though, is you can disagree with LaRusso, but I'll agree with him that because we're hearing Mercedes – saw the sign and just disregarded it. If that's true, that's not good. That's not like you don't just get to disregard your manager because you disagree with his opinion and he might be wrong about it. Like we both think Larusa is on the wrong side of this, but the way this should have been handled if he puts the take sign on is that Mercedes takes the pitch, swings at the 3-1, maybe it's home run or not. After the game, goes to Larusa and he's like, this is what I think, this is what whatever this is the way i like to play baseball and you hash it out there and larusa doesn't need to go to the media and call him clueless like it all devolved into a situation that it shouldn't have been it's a great point you're absolutely right if you if you got the take sign then you get the take sign and you take because that's that's your job you know I, I don't think it's the same with like rounding third and running through the stop sign it's a it's it's, it's significantly different than that and and yeah like he, he should have taken it. it's just it's so weird now that like He's calling his player clueless. His players are like not taking his side. This is out in the open. It's weird that it's out in the open. I don't know. This is a whole bunch of weird thing. But listen, the White Sox are the best team in baseball right now by record. So I guess winning cures all ails, right? So speaking of winning, Jared Spencer Turnball threw a no-hitter for the Detroit Tigers. I'm done. I'm done with this. I have nothing more to say about this. Do I need to spend any time on this? It's insane. We literally do this every single week. Props to Spencer Turnbull. Yes, it's still an accomplishment, but there's just there's no more to say. We spent seven seconds on that. That was six seconds longer than I had anticipated. So I'm moving on. Congrats, Spencer. Kevin Pillard, Jared, takes a 95-mile-per-hour fastball to the face. <laughs> Sakes it right to the face, blood gushing. Is this guy the toughest man alive? I mean, after all the things he's been through? It's hard to argue right now. It really is because he showed up to the park the next day, sat with the media, which was cool. And he looks like Sylvester Stallone at the end of Rocky. Like he's just, his eyes are barely open. He's got scarring and cuts all over his face. He's black and blue. His nose is pointed in the wrong direction. It's crazy. And you know what it made me think of Bobby? Like we go back and forth all the time with these scenarios. Like how much money would it take for you to do X? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like last week, if you were like to me, like whatever, an obscene amount of money for a 95 mile an hour fastball to the face. I probably would have given it less thought than I do now. Like, and, and I probably, I mean, depending on the amount of money we're talking about, I'll probably still do it. But <laughs> to see what he looks like now, it, you know, it's one thing to just like think about it in your head, like, oh, 95 to the face. How bad could it be? It hurts like in that moment, but whatever. It's fine afterwards. And to see what Kevin Pillar looks like right now and the surgery he's going to have, like, like it, it just, it gave me a new perspective into that. It's just, yeah, and, like, thinking about anybody that's ever been hit by a pitch, let alone in the face, and, like, to walk into the box the very next day and to be like, oh, yeah, this is totally fine. No, no, that's not fine. That's psychotic. But it's great for our entertainment, I'll tell you that. Bobby, let's close our baseball segment with Mike Trout and the L.A. Angels. 
Trout suffered a grade two strain of his calf this week. He's out six to eight weeks. That's not good. The Angels are already five games under 500. The lone bright spot, other than Trout, has been Shohei Otani, who continues to be arguably the greatest show in sports. He's got 14 home runs and a 210 ERA in five starts. But the Angels still suck, Bobby. Like, I mean, what do we do here? It's just, I don't understand how you can have, by far and away, the best player in the sport, and then another guy who, like we said, is maybe the most talented overall player in the sport who excels on both the mound and in the batter's box, and you suck. Yeah, it's really confusing. On a side note, I'm just thinking right now, how do you calculate Otani's total war? I'm just saying, I wonder if he could like set the record for total war in a season given yeah. his weird position, but that's another conversation. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. If you're an Angels fan, I, I <laughs> that's a dark place to be in right now. Your team sucks. Trout continues to be injury, injured. He's been injured significantly for four out of the last five seasons. Otani's destroying and they still can't. I mean, I don't know, man. I, bring back Garrett Anderson in the Mike Sosha era. That's really what you're holding <laughs> on to right now. All right, Jared, let's finish it off. The hockey playoffs are here. You and I are both aware that the hockey playoffs are here. That's about as far as we get on the hockey end. But in the Capitals Bruins series, Jared, game three coming up, series tied 1 1. Zadino Chara spent his entire career with Boston and now plays for Washington. Got to be a weird feeling if you're a Boston fan. Have there ever been any notable returns like that? Like spending all your time in one place, being a superstar and then returning there, even whether in a playoff format or not. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing I can think of, which you mentioned before we were talking is, is Brett Favre playing basically his entire career for the Packers going down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, obviously a legend. And then coming back with a division rival, the Minnesota Vikings and playing the Packers, you know, in Lambeau, this is a little different because there's not that same sense of rivalry between the Bruins and the caps, but it's a weird feeling. He's obviously Char is not the player that he once was, but still a significant return nonetheless. Yeah. I mean the, and the other obvious one is also actually in the same sport that I was thinking of, you know, Tom Brady returns to new England this year. It's going to be super weird for Tom, but yeah, I mean, Props to Zadino. I actually think that series is going to be super interesting. I think it's the best one out there. I do think it'll go seven games. Go Caps. And, you know, maybe we got a, two Washington teams in the playoffs, huh? Jared, it's that time of the week again. We're back again with some more trivia. But this week... We're doing something this week that we've only done what I think are two and a half times before. We are adding a third guest to our trivia. We have had Frank the Tank Fleming. The Quizmaster has participated. That's my half. We've had Noah Kirshner. And this week, Jared, we're joined by the one and only, the return from the Chatter Chamber, Zach Fetterbush. You, you stoked for this, man? I love it. I had to take heat from this guy last week about Nolan Ryan not being the first one mentioned. Me too. These people, these kids don't get it, Bobby. When the lights are on and the spotlight's on you, it's not so easy. So I look forward to Fed experiencing that. Fed, how you doing, man? I'm pumped. I'm happy to be back on. I will say the last time I was on, I was ridiculed by every Jet fan for my Deshaun Watson take. (laughs) And they can all... Careful, yeah. careful. I was about to say something inappropriate, <laughs> but I was right, and I want to be known from here on out as the prophet. The yeah. prophet. Okay. All right. Good to know. We have the answer, the talent, the prophet. I like it. I'm into it. As we welcome in the quiz master, Jeremy Tuck. How's it going, dude? Uh, it's good to be the guy with the original title on this podcast. So uh, let's calm down over there, Fed. Do you, can you see what's coming here? Do you know what kind of quiz we have today? I don't. Well, I told you off the air, so you should know. (laughs) Let's do it. Stump the Schwab, three-way quiz, three-way battle. And it's going to be baseball themed. Um, So last week we did no hitters. And quite frankly, I find no hitters to be a little overrated. It's a, it's a hot take. I know. So this week we have three categories of other overrated stats. So we're going to go in the last 15 years and you're going to name me every guy who won a batting title, an RBI title, or pitching wins title. 
Hey. Three stats that are overrated. Okay. I picked 2006. Not so arbitrarily. It's just that it gave me a good number of answers to have. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with batting titles. Um, anybody who's tied for one or has it on his own counts since 2006. Zach Fetterbush. Yes. You're first. All right, let's go with Miguel Cabrera. Yep, Miguel Cabrera. He won a batting title. Uh, next one's Bobby. See, that's that's the worst mm. when somebody takes the one that you're thinking of right before you take it. Okay, batting title. Batting I, title. I gotta think Mike Trout won a batting title. Um, no, he did. Are you kidding? Wah, wah. Mike Trout did win a batting title. The crowd sucks. You heard it here first. (laughs) Unbelievable. No? Okay. Um, All right. So it's going to be mano y mano between two Mets fans here. Uh, Jared, you're next. Okay. Funny you mention that because I'll go Jose Reyes. Yeah, he did win one. All right. Jared, I knew you were going to take that one from me. Yeah. Yeah. This one's kind of random, but I feel like Tim Anderson won a batting title like two years ago. It was two years ago. All right. right. (laughs) Uh, But that counts. Tim Anderson did take one, yeah. All right. I'm going to stay in New York and go DJ LeMahieu. He won one for the NL and AL, becoming the first ever player to do so. All right, Fed. Okay, this is also super random. But I remember, and I'm pretty sure it was past 2006, that Chipper Jones was hitting like 400 into the beginning of June. I think that was in like 07 or 08. So I'm going to go Chipper Jones. That's correct. Nice work. Nice work. Wow. Wow. All right. Jared's now going to, he's got his uh, work cut out for him here. I do, because I have two that I'm not really sure about. Um, wow, I was hoping you were going to get another one there. Um, I I think though, I know he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do it in his MVP season, but I'm pretty sure Jose Altuve has got one. He did. He got at least one, maybe two. I don't don't have it in front of me, but he's on the list, so it counts. Okay, I don't know why Jose Altuve made me think of this player, because they're quite opposite, but I feel like Joe Maurer... Has to have Damn, a bad. I was about time. to go yeah. Mauer. Yep. I think yep. he has like three. I just didn't of know that. if it was within the time frame. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's good. Joe Mauer. Well played, Mauer. Well, that puts me in a tough spot here. Um, how about Michael Brantley? That's a swing and a miss. Damn. All right, Fed. You're up four to three right now, and you can keep the points coming. You can keep naming batting title champions. Okay, there's two names, I think. I'm just going to go with Michael Kadire. Yep, that's one. What? That's one of them I was thinking of. (laughs) The other one, I think in either 07 or 08, I know Matt Holliday, when he was on the Rockies, led the league in... Two of the three, like, big stats, average, home run, RBIs, but I'm not sure which ones. But by that logic, I have, like, a one-third chance of getting it, so I'm just going to go Matt Holiday. Well, if you're saying he had two of three stats, you have a two-and-three chance of getting it. But you're no, right anyway. What? Oh. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Well, I take back everything I said. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. killing it. I was getting right, chirped geez. before this pod. Oh, the lights, the lights, they're so bright. <laughs> lights are pretty dim, boys. <laughs> I can't wait to see this blow up in his face. Yeah, I'm going to eat my words. But um, I could keep going? Yeah, keep going. Okay. Well, Freddie Freeman won the MVP last year. I'm just going to guess it, Freddie Freeman. That's where you tap out. Last year's batting title in the NL was Juan Soto. Other guys you missed include Christian Yelich, Mookie Betts, Charlie Blackman, D. Strange Colton, Justin Morneau, Buster Posey, 
Carlos Gonzalez, another Rocky, Josh Hamilton, Hanley Ramirez, and a couple names that are really out of the woodworks, Maglio Ordonez, and Freddy Sanchez. Uh, anyway, the score is Zach 6, Jared 3, Bobby's laying an egg. And we're going to RBI titles, which probably is the more difficult one. Yeah. Um, so Jared's going to take the first hack at this one. Okay, I'll steal, I'll steal Fed's answer with Cabrera, since I know he won the Triple Crown. There you go. All right, uh, next up is Fed. I feel like A-Rod had a huge year past 2006, where he had like 150-something RBIs. So I'm going to go Alex Rodriguez. He was the last one on this list. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm like afraid to... Uh... I figured I went second last time, so I would go second this time, and I was ready with Cabrera. Um, do it. I dare you to do Trout again. No, he did. No, I don't think he did it. <laughs> um, I'm like I'm very gun shy right now. All right, how about Christian Yelich? Uh oh. Are you kidding? <laughs> He's not on there. Uh, Bobby, don't worry. Next round's double points. Unbelievable. Uh, Zach, uh, no, it's Jared's turn. Yeah. I remember there being a year where Big Poppy had like 150 RBIs. I'm just going to throw him out there. He's there. He got Ortiz. Okay, so as I mentioned before, the year Matt Holiday won the batting title, he, e- he also either won the home run title or the RBI title. Almost positive it was the RBI title, so I'm gonna go Matt Holiday. Yep, there you go. Okay, I have to think because we're right in you're starting from 2006, that's prime Albert Pujols. I would have to yeah. think that one of those years he led the league in RBIs. There was at least one of those, so you're good. Ryan Howard hit 58 home runs in 2006, many of those coming against my beloved New York Mets. And I have to figure with 58 home runs, you gotta be the lead leaguer in RBIs. So I'm gonna go Ryan Howard. Yep, that's correct, Ryan Howard. Damn, damn it, damn it, damn it. There was a year, it was 2015, Bryce Harper won the MVP. It was a great year. He hit like 330, he had 40-something homers, probably had a lot of RBIs. So that's one I could go with. I feel like I'm gonna really regret this. But I'm going to say that the year he won the MVP, Ryan Braun led the league in RBIs. Nope. Damn it. All right, Zach. You can distance yourself a little more if you get some right here. You got the floor. Okay. I know for a fact Bryce Harper never had it because in his MVP season, I think he had 99 RBIs. I don't know why I know that, but... Dude's pulling right now. That's randomly in my head. Flexing. Uh, (laughs) I could be totally totally wrong. You can fact check me on that. Um, I think Cody Bellinger in 2018 when he won the MVP had to have led the league in RBI, so I'm going to go Cody Bellinger. Two things. One, that's wrong, and two, you nailed it on Bryce Harper, 99 RBI. There. Wow. wow. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Cody Bellinger is not an RBI leader, and so you're going to end your round there. Um, you missed Marcelo Zuna, Jose Abreu, Anthony Rendon, Javier Baez, J.D. Martinez, Giancarlo Stanton, who had 59 home runs. Where's yeah. the logic there? Uh, Nelson Cruz, <laughs> Nolan Arenado had it, Edwin Encarnacion, Josh Donaldson, Adrian Gonzalez, Mike Trout, Paul Goldschmidt, Chris Davis with a C. <laughs> the deadly Chase Headley, Matt Kemp, Curtis the Grandyman Granderson, Prince Fielder, Mark Deshera, and Josh Hamilton. Uh, the score is 9-6-0. to six to zero. Uh, Fed's in the lead going into the last round. The last round, the points are doubled. Okay. Is there, is there, I think, I feel like I read in the rule book somewhere, like, if the host of the podcast gets zero, he's automatically off the podcast. Yikes. <laughs> he gets first guess at pitching wins leaders. Yeah, if he yeah. doesn't get one, 
you'll be hearing me next time on the podcast full time. <laughs> Pressure's on. Don't mess it up. Yeah, I don't like. I, I I don't I don't know what to tell you right now. Like, yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't know what to tell you right now. My my I have zero confidence in anything that's coming out right now. Yeah. Uh, you're first in this round. Yeah. Uh, name me a pitcher who led the league and wins. I don't know, dude. I, I I do not know. I have no idea. So I'm gonna throw it out there. Uh, this could be it for me. I'm very nervous. I will I will concede my spot on the show. How about Max Scherzer? Ah, uh, you're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Got one. All right. All right, Jared's second. Uh, I think this guy did it in the year he won MVP, Justin Verlander. Yep. Zach? Those were my two guesses. So now I need to think a little bit. I know Jake Peavy won the pitching triple crown, but I'm not sure if that was in 2005 or 2006. I'm just going to go Jake Peavy. You're good. Wow. Is that 2006? Um... 2006 or 2007. There is a there is a six way tie in 2006. Okay. Uh, in the NL, and it was there's a lot of names there. Um, also, I remember once Buster Posey threw a ball into Jake Peavy's glove when he wasn't looking, and it was amazing. Um, anyway, uh, Bobby, you're next. Ah, cool, super cool. Um, how about CC Sabathia? My boy. Yeah, he's in there. This is like similar to my Pujols guess, because we're talking about a large span of this guy's prime. I would have to think Clayton Kershaw did it at least once. He did it at least once. Uh, Fed, you're next. I'd be super pissed if I lost on this name, because it's kind of random. But Tuck, you're like six-way tie thing in 2006 kind of tips me off to the fact that Brandon Webb used to be a stud for like two years. And I think the <laughs> second of those two years was 2006. So I'm going to go Brandon Webb of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, very good. Uh, Bobby, it's up to you. How about how about Roy Halladay? Yeah, he's got it. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's in there. Okay. Okay. I think this guy did it recently the year he won the Cy Young. Definitely won 20 games. Jake Arrieta. He isn't. Yeah, he's, he's there. It's another guy that if I get out on this one, I'm not going to be too happy with myself, but I'm going to go with former Met great Rick Porcello. Yeah, uh, I think call. that was the year yep. he won yep. the Cy Young and he did not deserve great it. Call. Bob, you're next. How about Adam Wainwright. Great guess. Good Great guess. He's in there. Bobby's hanging tough right now. Did Trevor Bauer do it last year? Trevor Bauer didn't do it last year. Oh, no. Nor did he do it in any other year. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. So. Bobby, you got it. You got to say Jared cannot win. Zach is up on Bobby by seven points, which means if Fed taps out right now, Bobby has to get four correct. If I am going to go out, it might as well be with a New York Mets Cy Young Award winner. So I'm going to go with Ari Dickey the year he won the Cy Young. That's out. Oh. And the door he is open. 20. He didn't, he didn't win the Cy He didn't get it with 20 wins. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Uh, any chance Cliff Lee won one? Yes. What about Garrett Cole? That's out. He didn't do it last year? Oh, man. Can you tell me if uh, David Price did it? Yeah, he did. Oh, man. I was going to go with Price. Okay. Uh, yeah, Price is wrong. <sighs> and the title goes to our guest, Zach Fetterbush. All right, so here's the guys who you missed. You got you missed both of last year's uh, leaders, Hugh Darvish and Shane Bieber. 
Um, he also missed Steven Strasburg, John Lester, Miles Michaelis, uh, sure, Blake Snell, Carlos Carrasco, Corey Kluber, Jason Vargas, uh, Dallas Keuchel, Jared Weaver. That's how you know this is an overrated stat. Jared Weaver is here. Jordan Zimmerman, the guy who beat Ari Dickey is Gio Gonzalez, David Price, uh-huh. Ian Kennedy, King Felix Hernandez, uh, Josh Beckett, Johan Santana, Chin Ming Wong, Yankee legend, Carlos Zambrano, Brad Penny, Aaron Harang, Derek Lowe, and John Smoltz. Well, I'm ashamed. Yep, this was uh, this was not good for anybody. But Mr. Federbush, listen, credit where credit is due. Absolutely well done. Congratulations on your victory. I mean, what this what this has to mean is you you can't you can't leave on top. You have to come back. You have to come back. You have no choice. I will defend my title whenever, wherever you guys want, <laughs> with the caveat for Mr. Tuck that no soccer and no hockey. This is America. We do baseball, basketball, Ooh, football. Wow. Okay. Okay. That is my only caveat. Okay. Uh, I mean, my title okay. whenever, wherever. Okay. You don't want to turn the quiz master against you. <laughs> you don't know what you just asked for. Quizmaster, thank you so much, Mr. Federbush. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. As always, guys. Bobby, we were both wrong a lot in that last trivia segment. So it only makes sense to continue with one of us being wrong by bringing in Tell Me I'm Wrong, where this week, one of us will definitively be wrong one more time in this episode. Let's hope it's not me, Bobby. Yeah, usually the segment starts out uh, where you'll say something and before you even start, I'll tell you that you're wrong because that's usually the way that that works. This one feels a little different, man. So so here's, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take a side. I'll take a side. Okay, okay. The question right now is what is harder to win? And granted, this conversation has happened in many different spheres. What is harder to win, Jared, the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals? And I'm going to say to you, tell me I'm wrong, because I'm not, that the Super Bowl is the harder championship to win. Super Bowl is the harder championship to win. All right, let's talk it out. I mean, first things first, obviously, you have to win – way fewer games to win a Super Bowl. So even if you are the wild card team and you have to play that first weekend, got the wild card round, divisional round, championship round, Super Bowl. So it's four games, which compared to the NBA, you just to win a series is four games, right? Other other data point to consider in the NBA to win a championship, to win the actual championship, you will have to, well, I guess technically you don't have to do this, but in all likelihood, you will need to win a road game. You're going to have to win. You probably need to win on the other team's home floor. Whereas in the Super Bowl, you're playing at a neutral site. So, you know, you're at the same, both teams are at the same disadvantage of you're traveling for the game. You're not like the crowd is, I mean, they're generally not like, into it really right it's like a lot of like corporate people there and people that are just there to be there not like there for the game so those are two points in favor of it's harder to win the nba championship why do you say it is harder to win the super bowl all fair points but i will tell you this in the nba and also we're going to talk about current day football right. and basketball because it's 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 different say in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s the best team in basketball mm-hmm. almost always wins you're never gonna see or almost never i don't know if it's happened maybe you know i don't i've never seen an eight seed win a series has that happened they've won like first round series but they've never won I don't even think they won a second round. Well, no, that's not true. The Knicks were an eight and made the finals and lost in the finals. Okay. So it, it almost never happens. And especially now with the super teams 
Right. You know, going into the season, who's going to win last year. I, I, I don't think you and I'll disagree here, but maybe, but I don't think you and I'll disagree. The Kansas city chiefs were the best team. They were the best team yeah. and they lost because they had one game where they weren't the best team. If you're a LeBron led team, you can have a lot of games where you're not the best team and still come out just fine. Also, to your credit, you know, the wild card team in football could very well win the Super Bowl, very much win the Super Bowl. A la Tampa Bay last year, they did it. They went on the road and played some serious competition. You don't have to be the best team every time, just once. All you got to do is beat the other team one time. In any sport, to beat the same team four times, I mean, you got to be really good. So that's what makes this such an interesting argument, Bobby, because you can kind of go both ways on this. Because, like, you're right. You only have to be the best in the Super Bowl. You only have to be the best team on one day. But does that make it – is that an argument that it's easier to do that? Because it's just like, you know – like, like the, the 2007 Giants being the Patriots. Like, we all, we both agree, and everyone agrees, the Patriots are definitively better than that Giants team. And there's no question that they were, like, it, it, you know, are they five times better, 10 times better? It doesn't matter. Because Eli Manning, it wasn't even Eli, really. Like, that defense had one really, really good game. And Eli Manning made a few passes when, they, when he needed to. And Tyree made a ridiculous catch. And they're the Super Bowl champs. And we saw it again a few years later, Giants, same thing. They get to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and they beat them when, you know, Eli plays a really good game. So is the art, does the argument then go that way where it's like, okay, it's actually easier to do because, and I guess this goes hand in hand with the number of games where it's like, you just need to go on a run. You just need like a couple, you know, all you, all you have to do is have a three game winning streak to, if you're a wild card team to get there. If you're not even, you know, if you're, if you're um, before this past season, if you're, you know, one of the top two seeds, you only have to go on a three game winning streak. And then it's like, all right, at that point, it's one game. Anybody's got a shot. The other thing is like, yes, you're right. In basketball, we generally know going into the year, you know, there's maybe at most five teams that can win the championship. Although like, I mean, I would argue that that's generally true in football as well. Like, you know, the bucks obviously were a surprise, but, Prior to that, you could pretty much pencil in the Pats in the Super Bowl every single year. So it's not like, you know, it's and again, that's that's greatest coach of whatever. Yeah, probably greatest coach of all time, greatest quarterback of all time. So maybe it's just you know that's a that's kind of a fluke. But I don't know. I really you could really go both ways. This is a great one. Well, like it. I mean, we we need to define right now where it's like okay is knowing that the best team will probably win the championship, which is truer in basketball, I would say, than it is in football. Does that make it easier or harder to win that championship? I don't know, man. I have no idea. Yeah, it kind of depends on your perspective, right? Like if we're saying you are the best team in each respective league, you're the best you know, you're the Kansas city chiefs and you're the, let's just, whatever, let's, let's say the Brooklyn Nets or the Lakers, I guess in that, in that instance, basketball is probably easier, I guess. I mean, I think injuries are not, injuries are not really right. Cause like football is going to have more injuries, more yep. catastrophic yep. injuries. So I guess it would go in, you know, that goes in that favor, but again, that's one of those that can go both ways too. Cause it's like, Okay, but if Tom Brady gets hurt in the wild card round, the whole thing opens back up, right? Or for, Mahomes. For sure, but I I I just football is frequently a crapshoot. Basketball is not. And to me, a crapshoot means that it is very impossible to know who's going to win, which makes yeah. it that much harder to win. Versus if you have 7 games per series, to show that you're the best, odds are cream rises to the top. That's usually the way that that works. Yeah. Which is why I stand by my original point. 
that the Super Bowl is the harder championship to win. I think I agree with you. Yeah. I think, I think we've come to an agreement here because that, I think that, I think you're right about that, that like, yes, an NBA team does, you don't need to have your foot on the gas, especially like at the, you know, maybe in the finals, you have to be on your game every, every night. But like, yeah, we were talking about it earlier in this episode, like Boston and the Nets, right. They're going to play in the first round. If Boston wins game one, Nobody panics, right? The Nets, everyone still says the Nets are winning that series. If Boston win game two, maybe a few, like it'll turn heads for sure. But if you had to bet your life on it, you'd probably still bet Taking the Nets. The Nets Taking right, the Nets. Right. And I don't even want to go to, if the, if the Celtics win three, maybe at that point, you wouldn't bet your life that the Nets come back. But like, there, there are a lot of people that would, right? Whereas like, in the NFL, like, yes, we've seen it happen, but if you're down, like, four touchdowns at halftime, and yes, I, again, granted, we've seen it happen. The Pats came it's back. Rare. It's Fal- rare. It's rare. The Falcons, right. They're like, you know, that's kind of like the equivalent of, let's say, losing the first two games of a series in the NBA. But you'd say, like, it's probably over at that point. 100%. In the NFL. Yes. Yes, absolutely. When you you, you don't get to have a bad day, on your way to the Super Bowl, you have to have a minimum of three really good days and at yeah. worst four versus in basketball, you could have upwards of nine bad days and still win the championship. Like it's, it's just, yeah, I'm sticking with it, man. Tell me I'm wrong. It's tough. Cause that's what I want to do. I want to tell you you're wrong. It's nothing. If, if for no other reason to regret than to get my, aggression out and my frustration of having just lost that trivia challenge right 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 right. but i got i can't fake it i gotta be a man of principles i can't just fake it and tell you you're wrong for the sake of it so i'm gonna say you're not wrong bobby listen if you're out there and you vehemently disagree with us please come on whenever you want and defend the take Jared, a, a, a real phenomenal episode, but I feel like you and I are kind of licking our wounds right now. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. This is, the, you know, I always go back and think about the episode after, but it's usually for good reasons. This one, this is going to stick in my craw for a while. I really didn't think profits existed anymore. Apparently, uh, Zach Fetterbush is attempting to prove that wrong. I look forward to him coming back so we can destroy him. Uh, And if any of you are like him and you would like to, you know, come play with the big boys, come on out. We'd love to have you at anything. Chatter chamber, trivia segment, just coming on to yell at us. Yeah, we'll take it and we'll put you in your place, but it'll be fun for everybody. Yeah, apparently the lights aren't as high as we thought. So why not? If you like Bobby said, you want to come on for trivia, you want to come on for chatter chamber. You want to just give us anything. You want any interaction with the show. We'd love to have you on. Of course, we thank the Quizmaster for putting together this week's quiz. And begrudgingly, I thank Fed for coming on into our own home and embarrassing us. And that's the last we're going to speak of it. Never speaking of that again. And with that, we will see you all next week with the next Chatter Up. <laughs>